Do you know why I pulled you over this week? Yeah, you missed a stop sign and some Sad Styles Productions. I'm going to have to write you a ticket for four podcasts. On Tuesday, the retrograde has a tea time with Mario Golf. Hole in one or double bogey? On Thursday, 60 goal scorer Dennis Marouk explains how one season of hockey can change the rest of your life. On the sign-off, a Frameworth podcast. Also on Thursday, the Jackass crew begins their stump-by-stump breakdown of season two of the TV show Jackass. On Friday, we lose money with Andrew Bascom on the NHL and NBA playoffs, plus a UFC fight night. Don't forget to practice safe listening. Well, you better get on your way. Don't forget to get into it. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. What's up, losers? And welcome to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. My name is Andrew Bascom. And this is your 20-minute sports gambling podcast where we discuss so many ways to lose money. Seriously, we have so many ways we're going to be losing money this week. Let let me give you a a brief rundown on those. We're going to talk about the NBA playoffs. We're going to talk about the NHL playoffs. We're going to talk about UFC Fight Night, Gain Volkov. We're going to be losing money on a boxing match. We're going to be losing money on an F1 race. Yes, yes, an F1 race. I mean it. I'm going to give you some advice on an F1 race. God help me. Totally normal stuff. We're also going to be betting on what the new Washington football team's name is going to be. Yes, that is something we're going to bet on as well. And if you don't think I'm excited for it, you don't know me very well. I'm super excited to lose money on what name the Washington football team is going to be. But before we get to all that, let's do a recap. Recap! So last week, we talked about the U.S. Open. That was a huge segment. Obviously, that's one of the biggest things happening in the world of sports betting. And let me tell you, that sucked. (laughs) We gave out four picks, the best of those uh, tied for seventh. So, you know, not last, but, you know, not first. John Rahm won, which, you know, a lot of a lot of people had, so that's kind of disappointing for a lot of reasons. We do not add losing money here. The team, everybody, the analysts, the scientists, everybody that puts their heads together here, do not like when heavy favorites win in golf tournaments. That is not good for anybody. We are long shot people. And for the most part, because of the way that the odds break down, you will make more money betting long shots than betting favorites every week. If you had been betting Dustin Johnson this year, you're not making money, my friend. And even John Rahm. John Rahm was, depending on where you saw him, he was running at either the favorite or top three. So not a lot of money to be made with John Rahm winning the U.S. Open, even though it's kind of a nice story because he literally lost $3 million a couple weeks ago because he tested positive for COVID. But alas... Our search continues to try and make money. We made bets this week for the Travelers Championship. By the time you're hearing this, we're going to be ending round two, roughly. Start around two, somewhere in there. So if you want to see our picks every week for non-major golf tournaments, they come out on Wednesday at Losing Money WAB on Instagram and Twitter, where we make picks every week for those. Uh, every week? What am I talking about? We make daily picks over there. Daily picks. Every day we make picks for baseball, for golf, for hockey, for football, for every... If there's a sport, we make picks there. We also recap. Recap! Good job. Never miss an opportunity, do you? On all the picks we make on the show as well. So speaking of that, man, we have too much to talk about. I think it's just time to get into it. Let's make all the picks for this week. All the ways that we're going to lose money this week. Let's let's do it. Okay, on the many ways we're going to be betting this week, why don't we start with a UFC fight night? If you listen to the show, you know that we love making money on MMA, and actually we've got a pretty good record on it, so let's keep it going. And let's start right with the main event. Cyril Gon versus Alexander Volkov. We have right now Gon being a minus 165 to Volkov's one plus 35. You know, it's 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 interesting. Before we get into the actual analysis, I thought Volkov was going to be closer to zero. I thought they were going to be tighter 
uh, odds going into this. And I thought for a second there, I'm like, well, that's why we're going to go with gone because, you know, if it's like a minus 120, minus 110, oh, we got to do it. But now seeing Volkov at that number at plus 135, you're like, hmm, okay. So who are these guys? Gone only completed once in 2020, but it was against Rosenstruck. Uh, if you remember that UFC fight now, we broke it down on the show. Uh, it was kind of a lackluster main event in the way that there wasn't a lot of action. And the way that Rosenstruck usually fights is by breaking people's jaws and putting people to sleep. Gone smartly did not stand in the pocket and was not just willing to swing with Rosenstruck. You know, he got criticized for that, I think unfairly, because like, why would you, hey, that guy's really good at this. Why don't you go do that? Like, no, what? Are you out of your mind? I'm going to go do my thing and be able to fight a couple of months later like he is already. So he is primarily known as a striker because of his kickboxing career, even though he started his career with two submission wins and could take people down. So I think what we're just showing is that he's really a well-rounded fighter. He comes in in really good shape all the time. He's got great conditioning and footwork, obviously, with the kickboxing. Um, and he, that allows him to eat some damage reasonably. Without actually looking like it's damaging him too, too badly, it's, it's allowing him to eat those and be able to counter-strike, which is one of his strengths. His last three fights were a win against Bozer, who's coming up a little bit later as a unanimous decision, a win against Junior DeSantos as a knockout, and a win against Rosenstruck that we just talked about as a unanimous decision. He is a perfect 8-0. and On the other side, we got Volkov. Former everyone champion, former Bellator champion, been around a while, very, very dangerous. But he started his UFC career running into Derek Lewis and Curtis Blades. It did not go well for him. But in his 33 wins, 22 of those are knockouts? Come on. Also, you know, I am the I am the nickname judge. People say that all the time. They're like, Andrew, how do you feel about this fighter's nickname? And I go, okay. Bring it to the board. Alexander Volkov, nickname? Drago. Now, is it original? No. Is it fantastic? Yes, it's completely fantastic. A Russian fighter with the nickname Drago? Love it. Just play the villain character, eat it up, live in that suit. I love it. If he dies, he dies. So Drago, hmm, see what I did there? is typically a boxer. So he, you know, he really, his hand striking is incredible. Like his accuracy is incredible. But with that being said, in his last fight, he did score a takedown. So like he's showing that he could be a little bit more, a little bit more. He's really, really aggressive. And again, Gon is non. And I think that will play well into both of their strengths, to be honest. Gon wants him to come forward. But at the same time, Volkov wants to be the, you know, the pursuer. He wants to be the predator a little bit. And so that makes a lot of sense for a stylistic matchup. The other one that you'll notice is these are two massive, massive men. Gon will come in at 245, not losing a single pound. Like that's just his walking around weight. Whereas Volkov is six foot seven. Good God. His arms aren't long as proportionate. Like he'll only have a one inch reach advantage, but six foot seven. Oh my God. So like we're saying, his last three fights were against Curtis Blade, which was a loss, unanimous decision. Walt Harris, which was a win and a knockout. And Alistair Overeem, which was a win and a knockout, which what is what everyone does to Alistair Overeem over the last two years. Our prediction, like I said, we're going with Cyril Gaon. And you can add to that a little sprinkle on decision at plus 188. So really low on uh, on the odds for decision, but it is the most likely way. If you think if you think Gaon's going to win, it's got to be um, by decision. Gaon, baby, Gaon. Is that a thing? I don't know. I'm just trying it out with you. Let me know. Get at me, at Losing Money WAB. I, by the way, I also think that number is going to go down closer to fight time. I think Volkov's going to see a lot of money coming in uh, for a lot of reasons because I think that number is kind of ridiculous. So I bet you're going to be getting Cyril gone closer to 150 or minus 140. So if you want to wait it out, I will be. So just heads up on that. The next fight up is Tanner the Bulldozer Bozer versus Ovince St. Peru. OSP is I'm going to call him going forward. Bozer's minus 165 to OSSP is plus 135. Oh, very similar. I've seen those numbers before. I just saw them a couple of minutes ago. So Bozer's on a two-fight winning streak uh, to start 2020, both knockouts. And then he started his two-fight current losing streak. His overall record right now is a 19-8-1, which is almost a perfect MMA record. That is like, if you, that is the average record for most MMA fighters. 19-8-1. Like, well, okay. 
whereas OSP is at heavyweight, where his last two fights were at light heavyweight. So the bulldozer is not just a nickname for Bozer. Uh, he he has uh, is secured exactly zero takedowns in his six-fight UFC career. That number again, zero. So he wants to fight. He wants to fight on his feet, and he wants to swing, and he wants to kick. Okay, that's totally fine. He averages 4.21 significant strikes per minute while absorbing just 2.26. He is very good at doling out punishment. And punishment indeed. His leg kicks are no joke. Really, really strong. His last three fights, he's one and two with a kind of a... a, a a controversial split decision against Latifi, but you know, whatever. OSB veteran started in 2013. This is his 24th fight in the promotion. He's 25 and 15. Another good MMA record there with 20 of his wins being by stoppage. Okay. 12 knockouts, eight submissions, well-rounded. He doesn't have high output. He only just does 2.68 significant strikes per minute while absorbing 303. And I, I want to tell you something about numbers. It's not good that you're eating more than you're giving. Usually. I don't know. Like it only takes one, I guess, but if you're eating more punches than you're giving out, that is uh, not a good sign. And for that reason, and maybe a couple more, we're going to take Tanner Bozer minus 165. We also are going to be taking him via decision. The odds aren't up right now, but I bet you it's closer to 300 or in that ballpark. We'll be posting, obviously, at Losing Money WAB to give the most accurate numbers that we're going to be betting on, but I bet you it's pretty good. So we're going to go sprinkle a little there via decision. And then in the last fight, we got Tim Means versus Nicholas Locomotivo Dalby. Locomotivo? Hmm. This is a battle of nicknames. Locomotivo versus the Dirty Bird? Both? Get a thumbs up. I just want to see a good fight. Means is a minus 155 to Dalby's plus 130. Means is looking for his third straight win for the first time in over six years, where Dalby has not lost in over three years. He's riding a seven-fight win streak. So we're going to see a win streak come to an end here. Tim Means, 31-12-1. and 12 and one. Of his wins, 24 of them have been stoppages, including 19 knockouts. Well, hello. He's just a fundamentally good fighter. He's got a snappy jab. He puts his weight into his power punches. He's a good knowledge of range, and, and he has really good conditioning that allows him like really gritty performances. His pace is super, super high. Super high. So it's 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 really tough to match up against him because of that. Dalby was cut from the USC back in 2016 after going 1-2-1. and one. Then left, won a bunch, came back, and since he's come back, he's been 2-0 and oh with one no contest. He's 19-3 and three for a career, which, I don't know, numbers tough, but that's pretty good. Each of his losses have come by decision, so keep that in mind a little bit, too. Locomotivo loves distance. He loves creating distance, and when he doesn't have that distance, he gets a little bit struggling. Somebody keep in mind for this fight a little bit. His last three fights, a win over Alex Oliveira. Ooh, that no contest we're talking about and a Daniel Rodriguez win for a unanimous decision. How are we doing this? Oh boy, we're going with three favorites. Tim Means, and guess what? We're laying a little bit of a sprinkle on. You got it. Decision. Is this going to be a fight night decision? It might be a fight night decision. Okay, next fight we want to talk about is boxing. Now, I want to do more boxing cards because there are great boxing fights that are happening all the time. And if the Paul brothers don't fight in one, do you even know if it happened? If a Paul fight happens in the woods and no one's there to watch it, no, wait, that doesn't make any sense. If a Paul fight happens and everybody watches it except for you, are you the person that's wrong? Am I wrong? We have made a, a very long-standing rule. I, I'm surrounded by it like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. I've written it on all the walls. We will not talk about any Paul brother fights. We will not be gambling on any Paul brother fights. We will be not paying for pay-per-views to line the wallets for the Paul brothers. And because of all those reasons, uh, I want to start highlighting some really good boxing matches that are happening all the time so that you, yourself, can get into boxing. Actual boxing. With real boxers. What a, what a novel concept. So this weekend, we got Gervonta Davis versus Mario Berrios. Uh, first of all, Mario Berrios, very pleasing. I want to say it out loud all the time. 
Second of all, Javante Davis is a minus 420. Tavario Barrios is plus 350. Ugh, every time. It's so good. So we think there's really good value on Davis right now at minus 420. Unlike we were talking about with the UFC cards, I would jump on this number right now. As we get closer to the fight time, it's going to keep going up. I bet you you might see a minus 550 by the time that the fight starts. Uh, D- Davis is just a really, really special fighter. He's got unbelievable punching power. Just exceptional, exceptional punching power. He is 24-0, and 23 of those victories are coming by knockout. So this is not, like, this is not just me saying it. Look at numbers. And as we've said, numbers are our enemy. But nonetheless, they're telling the truth this time. So the only fight of those that went the distance was back in 2014, and it was a, a six-round fight when he was just 19 years old. So maybe toss that one out a little bit. He has knocked out everybody they put in front of him. But with that being said, he doesn't rush in. It's not like one of these guys that's just like, oh, I've just got my right hand cocked the whole time and I'm just looking to knock somebody out. That's not what he does. He sets up his shots because he has an incredible fight IQ. And obviously he's the protege to Floyd Mayweather Jr. I probably should have brought this up earlier. And that could only attribute to his fight IQ and knowing how to set up fights, knowing how to set up punches. Those punches, it's not just like reckless power punches that are being attempted all over the place. He uses them to precision and it's really incredible. Barrios, how is he going to do this? Well, he's really fast. He's really, really fast. So it's kind of a good combination of power versus speed a little bit. He's going to have to be able to move, be able to move his head uh, and use that really like snap jab to keep that heavy punches away from him. To make, If you could snap back Davis's head one or two times, then you can make him think a little bit. We'll see. How are we going to go? Ultimately, I just don't think there's any way around this. I think minus 420, as crazy as that number is, I think is actually really good value for how this fight is going to go. You know, Barrios will attempt to get in those exchanges, uh, you know, with Davis and try and impose his will and show that he can bang too. But Davis's fight IQ and his ability to capitalize on anything will be a difference maker. At some point, he'll land one of those bombs and that night will be over. We're going to go with Davis, minus 420, via knockout at minus 160. The knockout is in the minuses. Even Vegas is with me here. But we're also going to be taking a little bit of a sprinkle on round three at plus 1200 and round four at plus 1400. So, you know, trying to trying to win our money back here a little bit of Davis. But as you're going to see probably this weekend at Losing Money WAB, we're going to be using Davis as a parlay builder on a lot of fights that we're going to be sprinkling in here. Do you like Davis and the Hawks? Do you like Davis and the... Okay, yeah, you know what I mean? That's what we're going to be doing. I'm so excited for this fight. Man, Trevante Davis is one hell of a fighter. Okay, a couple more things here. We want to be betting on the Washington football team name, okay? Uh, we love betting on the Oscars. We love betting on the Emmys. We betted on Dance with the Stars. We're betting on, I don't know, Mass Singer? Who knows? I have no idea. This is our 65th episode. We bet on so many things, I almost can't even keep them track. So why don't we bet on the name of the Washington football team? As everyone knows, the former Washington football team had a lot of reasons to change their name, and it's really, you know, good. That's great. I'm glad they're changing their name. Now, what are they going to be changing it to? So I have found places that are taking bets for this. Uh, I have two that I'm putting in with no odds here, and then we're going to talk about a few other ones. So the two that we've seen that have no odds is Warriors, um, which has been a popular idea for a long time. It is both, uh, like, keep this with a grain of salt. These are not my words. These are their words. It is an insinuation that Warriors is a appropriate name for Indigenous people, uh, honoring something, and then also veterans. So I don't know. There's a reason there's no odds on that, but that has been a popular name out there for a long time. Red Wolves is also another idea out there. You're going to see a lot. There's a lot of red in there because they're trying to, you know, give an homage to their former name while making it acceptable for 2021. So we're going to start at the top here. Hogs plus 5,000. 
This actually makes a lot of sense. First of all, Hogs, that's awesome. I love that name. That really makes me happy. Second of all, when they won, were winning their uh, Super Bowls, their line was called the Hogs. That's like that's a very ubiquitous name for players that played in Washington. So it makes a lot of sense. And plus 5,000, mm, I like it. Okay, well, let's, let's keep going. Now, plus 1,200, the Red Hawks. There you go. There you see, Red Hawks. Okay, Red Hawks. I like Red Hawks better than Red Wolves. Wolves sounds weird to say. I don't like the way I say wolves. That makes me feel uncomfortable. The Washington Monuments, plus 1,000. Nah. The Washington Veterans, plus 800. Ugh. Do not like that. Yikes. The Washington Memorials, plus 500. Also don't like that very much. Okay, here's one. I skipped it, but here's one I really like. The Washington Demon Cats, plus 3,000. Now you're thinking, Andrew, that's a really stupid name. The Demon Cats? My sister's soccer club wouldn't be called the Demon Cats. Well, before you poo-poo it, you know, you, you, you stupid idiot, think about the name. Washington, D.C. Huh? Okay, I don't know. It's a stupid name, and no one will ever call it the Demon Cats. They'll call them the DCs or something like that, which I kind of like. But I like Washington, D.C.? Come on, that's pretty good. They're not going to name it, but, you know, I don't know. I thought that was pretty good. Here are the two we like. The Washington Presidents at plus 300. Self-explanatory. Washington President. Love it. Let's do it. And then the other one is the Red Tails at plus 200. This makes the most sense. It does so many things. So we've seen uh, analogies to the, the military. Cool. The use of red, which they wanted to keep. All right, awesome. And if the last name was offensive, it was. This one's trying to do the opposite. So if you don't know, the Red Tails uh, were a World War II Tuskegee Airmen who were the first African-American military aviators in the U.S. Armed Forces. And the nickname Red Tails comes from their like their planes, which had a, a distinct like crimson tail to them. This kind of like hits, doesn't this check every box? So I actually think at plus 200, this makes a lot of sense. Hello, sportsbook. Losing money with Andrew Baskin wants to lose some money. There's a crisp $20 bill on the Red Tails. Oh God, we got to hurry up here. Okay, the NHL playoffs. By the time you hear this, uh, Montreal, Vegas might be decided already. So just keep that in mind that we are recording this before that has come out. But here's been my strategy for the NHL playoffs this whole time. Bet underdogs. Bet underdogs. We are making so much money at, you know, and losing money, WAB. Daily picks. Whoever the underdog is in hockey, we're just taking them. And we are making a boatload of money on this. It's absurd. It's crazy that the books haven't drawn the numbers back towards the center because... In the series alone, in the series for these playoffs, before Montreal and Vegas has been decided, nine out of 12 of the victors of each series have been the underdog. Nine of 12. That means you're getting plus money on nine of 12 of those? You are making so much. This is your vacation money, my man. What are you doing? So every night, you should be taking the Islanders and the Canadians until those are done. And then whoever the, whoever the underdog in the finals is, just go with them. Pound that money line every night. It's absurd that this is... Like, ultimately, is this good for hockey? That's a separate conversation we can have in the offseason. Uh, <laughs> that the underdog is winning every every round. That's yikes. But until then, since we're a gambling podcast and not the you know, state of hockey podcast, let's just make money on this thing. Keep betting underdogs. That is my advice. Somehow Tampa Bay Lightning are going to win the Stanley Cup. And I'm, you know, just the second I've opened my mouth, I've lost everyone some money. Now what are you going to do? And then for the NBA playoffs, I've been loving the NBA playoffs. I've been loving those like in-game parlays that you can build. And let me tell you the two things that I've been building a crazy amount of money on. The Atlanta Hawks and Trey Young. In every parlay that we do for an Atlanta Hawks uh, game, it is always Trey Young over points and Atlanta Hawks line. On Wednesday night, obviously, we saw them cover, not only cover, but win on the money line. They, had, they were underdogs by eight points. They were giving them eight points and they won outright. I don't know how many more times the books can go. Trey Young, uh, leading scorer of the game, plus 225. 
every time he's the leading scorer of the game, your num- that number is going to change. So if you can find a book that is saying over under 27 and a half points or, or leading scorer plus 200 something, you need to be jumping on this. This is making an absurd amount of money in this playoffs. So that is my advice to that. The Atlanta Hawks are helping me build a beach house. It's not a good beach house, but where's your beach house? If you, if you have a beach house, actually send that to me because I would love to see it and possibly stay at it. There you go. Okay, let's wrap up the show here with uh, an F1 pick. We're going to do the 2021 F1 Styrian Grand Prix from the Red Bull Racing Track. Wait a second, Red Bull Racing Track. Hmm, methinks this is not on the up and up. This will not shock you if you've been gambling at all on F1. And first of all, if you have, God bless you. You liking uh, Drive to Survive? How's it going out for you? You'll know that there are two favorites. Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, both plus 125. Here has been my strategy for this, because then it goes up from there. You know, plus 800s you'll see for Sergio Perez or Norris is plus 4,000. You know, like Ricardo's plus 6,600. It gets up real, real fast. Like, yeah, like what are we talking about? Ricardo's the seventh highest odds and it's plus 6,600. Hmm. If you bet on F1, you know it's top heavy. You know it's going to be probably one of three guys. And if you've heard our golf strategy earlier, we don't like that because it's hard to make money doing it. But here's the way that we flip the odds a little bit. This comes all the way from Charlie Chalk's mouth. So the horse's mouth himself. If Lewis Hamilton does not get the pole, put money on Lewis Hamilton. We do that because Lewis Hamilton still is winning most of the races. Yes, for stopping, he's incredible, and he's going to be winning, you know, his fair share of them. But Hamilton does seem to win. So even if he comes in second after polling, he can still win that race, and you're getting much better odds than the plus 125 of randomly going into it. Plus, he only lost last week because of the one-stop strategy, which, you know, we don't need to relitigate here while everyone's talking about it. But he very much could have won that race, and it wasn't his fault as the driver. So... Why don't we do that? Let's put, let's, let's put a little money on Lewis Hamilton if he doesn't get the poll. If we look at the poll again, go at losing money, WAB, where we'll make all our picks once the starting grid has been established. Thank you so much for Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. Can you please rate, subscribe, and review to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom on whatever podcast platform you listen to this on? If you feel like gambling is becoming a problem, please go to problemgambling.ca. The incredible theme and music that plays throughout the show was done by Nikki Mitchell. You can find her music on Spotify or click the links in the podcast description right now. That'll take you wherever you can find Nikki Mitchell on the internet. All art for the show was created by Alex Monid, and we are a proud product of Sazetel's Productions. Executive producers Mike Aaronworth and me, Andrew Bascom. Thank you so much for losing money with us. We cannot wait to talk to you soon. But until then, at Losing Money WIB, free daily picks. We'll see you later, losers. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all say. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!